Once upon a time, in the early days of what became the pandemic, on a boat on the other side of the world, people fell ill. The captain suddenly comes on the tannoy and he says to guests, they've had a positive case of coronavirus on board, they've got to go back to their cabins immediately, and they're going to have medical tests by Japanese medical personnel. 3,000 passengers suddenly found themselves in shipboard lockdown off the port of Yokohama in Japan. So day one, 10 cases. The next day, 10 cases. You know, by day six, 135 cases. By day seven, 174 cases. By day eight, 218. 712 people on the ship caught coronavirus and 14 died. For passengers and crew, it was the coming corona world in microcosm. So what happened to them all on board the Diamond Princess? You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm David Aronovich. Today, all at sea with the virus. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. One thing to say about the people on the cruise. First of all, they love cruises. Almost everyone was on there, like, you know, the third, fourth, fifth, up to tenth cruise. Katie Glass is a feature writer for the Sunday Times. This journey, it was really epic. I mean, even before the whole quarantine thing, like the people who were going on it were going because they were going on 50th wedding anniversary, 50th birthdays, or they were celebrating 20 years together. So they were there for these different reasons. Katie, have you ever been on a cruise yourself before? Years ago, I did a piece. The hook for it was the Costa Concordia story. And so I got to go on a cruises. So I sort of fell in love with the cruises writing that story. And as a feature writer, I'm obsessed with them. Diamond Princess and Sapphire Princess provide a relaxed, rejuvenating retreat for you to explore the world. Tell me about the Diamond Princess. So the Diamond Princess is owned by Carnival Cruises and it is a vast sort of gin palace. It's 18 stories. The brochure calls it the jewel of the sea. It's like a sort of five-star hotel on water. Up top, you'll find five sparkling freshwater pools. So I don't know if you've ever seen these sort of epic cruise ships, but they're like towns to themselves. Featuring our outdoor theatre sensation, Movies Under the Stars. They've got different restaurants, they've got a ballroom, they've got a casino. It's got the Churchill Bar where you can go and smoke cigars and they've got all these decks. The Santa Fe Dining Room, the Savoy Dining Room and the Vivaldi Dining Room 
for perfectly orchestrated meals. Altogether, there are almost 3,000 people on board. And so it was sailing around Southeast Asia when this story starts to unfold. Come sail away on Diamond Princess and Sapphire Princess and escape completely. You saw the story develop from this ship and you thought, I'm going to find out what really happened. Is that the way it, it worked? Like I say, I'm obsessed with cruises. I think for a feature writer, they're just such a sort of fertile ground. And then to have this fascinating thing unfold on a cruise ship, we all must have watched David and Sally Abel, who are the couple who had been in their 70s, who on their 50th wedding anniversary. Hi, this is David Abel from Yokohama in Japan. We are on a quarantined ship, the Diamond Princess. And they started making a video diary when the quarantine began on the Diamond Princess. And then they started appearing on sort of breakfast TV and doing international interviews. We can't open the door and walk along the corridor. We are confined to cabin for the duration of the cruise. And what sort of challenges is that going to cause you? Well, I think for many passengers, it's going to be absolute boredom. So I'd watched the story unfold like everyone else. And I think there was real potential for looking at it as a whole big epic feature piece and, and following it from start to finish. Now, tell me about some of the people you did speak to. So Elaine and John Spencer I talked to from Sheerness. Well, it was a really big trip and we planned it the year before. Mm-hmm. And they were celebrating um, their 20th wedding anniversary. I talked to Alan Sanford, who's a teacher from Nottingham, and his wife, Vanessa. This is Alan and Vanessa's guide to what you can do when in quarantine on a cruise ship. Changing the sheets on the bed took us about two hours and a lot of swearing. And they were celebrating his 65th birthday. And then I also talked to this novelist called Gay Quarter. I've done 10 or 12 princess cruises. Oh, I mean, we've drank the Kool-Aid. And we love Princess for many reasons. And she is fascinating because it, just purely coincidentally, she had previously written a medical mystery set on a cruise huh. <laughs> on the Diamond Princess when this happened. An interesting thing about this ship that made it really unique is it was bilingual, so the announcements were happening both in Japanese and in English. So there were also a lot of Japanese passengers on board? Yes. Now, tell me a bit about the conditions you get people in their staterooms at the top and you get people who are further down. Do all the cabins have a balcony? No, so you've got different sort of options for what you might get. You've got sort of suites which are at the top, which have a lovely balcony, and then you also have a sort of sofa area. They call them staterooms. You've got smaller versions of that where you've just got the room and the balcony. Some people, like Elaine, who I talked to, she was on an inside cabin. cabin. Um, <laughs> but we didn't expect to be quarantined in there for 19 days. We expected, <laughs> we expected to get out and do all the things we wanted to do. We were doing things out and about. Every time we stopped at port, you were going out, getting off the ship. If it was a day at sea, mm. there was things to do, you know. So she didn't have any window or any balcony. But, of course, the cruising experience tends to be that you stop, you get off, you go and explore this amazing place, go on back on board where there's a million activities. So Elaine reasoned, she'd be out and about the whole time. And then further down the ship, you've got the actual crew who are living in quite different conditions. They tend to be in sort of shared rooms that maybe have bunk beds, down quite tight corridors. My experience on other cruise ships is as you get down into the sort of builders of the ship, it gets quite hot because that's where all the kitchens and stuff are happening. I mean, one of the things that fascinates me about cruise ships is that sort of 
upstairs downstairs world of the titanic and stuff you know that social hierarchy it sort of never went away it feels very visual on a cruise ship not the conditions are terrible for the crew but just that they get so different to what the passengers are experiencing at the very top of the ship on a normal day if you're not in port what they call a sea day you'd be expecting to take part in lots and lots of activities around the ship, right? Mm-hmm. So the people I talked to, you know, they'd been going to buffet breakfast with lots of friends. They'd been meeting up for drinks on the deck every day. Elaine had joined the bilingual choir. I was in the princess pop choir, so... <laughs> going to meetings and learning to sing these different songs. And a half I was practising with every nationality going. So, yeah, but first, you go on the cruise thinking you'll be able to partake in all these things. And, of course... Quarantine, which lasted 14 days, is a very, very different experience. Katie, what happened to the passengers and crew of this ship on the night of February the 3rd? So the first thing to say is that this is an account from the passengers themselves and the cruise line had declined to comment. But what we understand is that the cruise line became aware that there was a case of COVID, someone who'd had COVID and left the ship and they were informed on the 1st of February. Now, from my understanding from passengers, everything carried on at that point as normal on board. So they carry on socialising. One of them said to me, I don't remember anything changed. They saw a couple of people with masks. Also, there were some Asian people on the ship who had been wearing masks anyway. And Gay said to me... And if you went into, like, big museums, they took temperature. When they'd gone to museums, for example, there'd been a couple of temperature checks going on, but they were thinking, oh, oh the Chinese, Chinese are really worried. No, they're really worried. So on the 3rd of February... The ship is sailing from Okinawa to Yokohama and it starts to speed up. And passengers hear an announcement from the captain, Captain Armour, and he says to them that at the request of the Japanese health authorities, they'll be docking early. But the passengers tell me they were still unaware that there was a case of coronavirus on board. And actually, to be fair to the ship, I think at that time, you know, none of us really knew. We weren't even using the word coronavirus. So the 3rd of February, they carry on as normal. Alan goes to say goodbye to his favourite staff because the cruise is ending. He shakes hands with them all. He goes to a 740-seater theatre and watches this jazz singer. Elaine, she goes to meet some friends at the buffet and she plays cards. So they're out and about, they're mixing with everyone. And Elaine, who's joined this bilingual choir, she does a big performance, which is in the atrium, which is this beautiful sort of gold-lit atrium where it's got these levels with brass rails. And they sing, oh, what a night, you know, ironically. (laughs) (laughs) Elaine says she remembers the exact moment she heard the word coronavirus. 6pm on the evening of February the 3rd. The captain advised us about the Hong Kong resident who travelled for five days on the Diamond Princess. The captain suddenly comes on the tannoy and he says to guests, They've had a positive case of coronavirus on board. They proved positive on the first. They've got to go back to their cabins immediately and they're going to have medical tests by Japanese medical personnel. So six days after he left the ship, he was stable and his family were symptom-free. They all go back to their rooms. It's just after midnight when the door knocks in Elaine's cabin. We actually had our temperature taken at half past 12 in the morning. And she opens it to two Japanese men wearing full hazmat suits, masks, gloves and goggles with clipboards. They took our temperatures, asked us a few questions. Did we have a fever? Did we have diarrhoea or cough? So the entertainment team, to try and keep everyone amused, they compile a list of onboard activities to keep guests distracted. 
they actually printed up a quick little list of activities. So there's a beanbag toss going on at nine o'clock on deck five, uh, a Bollywood dance class and club fusion, an outdoor screening of Aladdin. Which in hindsight was a huge mistake. And as Gay said to me, that was a huge mistake. But nobody knew. I have to say, I went to the cruise line to get them to confirm which of those activities took place and they declined to comment. But Alan told me that on February the 4th, so this is after testing has started, he went and met four friends for breakfast, he went to the gym, he went for dinner. It wasn't until our day one official quarantine from the 5th, it started sort of being a little bit real. At that point, the captain comes on the tannoy. He says everyone's to go back to their rooms. Ten people have been taken off the ship. who have all tested positive for coronavirus. Gay, who is on level 12 in this beautiful balcony stateroom, she goes out and she looks at the harbour and suddenly it's full with military vehicles, ambulances, men in hazmat suits, satellite trucks from the world media. And she said to me, it looked like we'd just landed in a pandemic B-movie. So that is the moment, as Elaine said, that things got real February the 5th. And that is when the captain announces... The ship has been quarantined by the Japanese health ministry for two weeks. They're all going to have to do 14 days quarantine in which they're going to be stuck in their rooms. What did they feel at that moment? I think the overwhelming feeling was shock. It was amazing to talk to them and realise how... I mean, you don't want to call them naive because I think we were all naive. They had like heard that there'd been a case of coronavirus on board, but it was an isolated case, as Alan said to me. So they're all sort of taking it in their stride and they're quite casual. Suddenly to hear that for 14 days they're going to be stuck in their rooms. I think initially the feeling was shock. So Gay in her room is overlooking the harbour. Alan has is on the other side of the ship. He has a beautiful view of the sea. He ordered a bottle of wine and sat back and thought, well, you know, another 14 days holiday. <laughs> so he said to me there was a sort of nervous excitement because they'd never been in quarantine before and he didn't quite know what it meant. For Elaine, who's on an inside cabin, no window. If they turn the light off, they haven't even got any light in there. Things got real pretty quickly. Right, so it rather depends where you are on the ship. Absolutely. Did they actually believe when they heard they might be quarantined for 14 days? Did they actually say to themselves, yes, that probably means being in my cabin for 14 days? Or did they think, well, it probably won't be quite so long, they're just being cautious? I think there was an element of not believing it. And also, again, what's so interesting to look back at the Diamond Princess, I think they had a microcosm of the experience we're all having, which is, yeah, you hear 14 days, but like, what does it sort of mean? So it's very funny talking to Alan about his experience of the quarantine initially. He had like this balcony. So he's sitting on the balcony drinking wine, like a room service. So, you know, they're getting nice food delivered all the time. As the whole world started watching what was going on on the ship, the hashtags going, hang in their diamond princess, that these jet skiers arrive and they start performing tricks and the whole cabins, they do a Mexican wave down the balconies to say thank you. Alan made these funny videos of him where he's like hiking around his cabin. Going for a walk. Are we nearly there yet? And he's washing his underpants in the sink. (laughs) And also they all told me it had become such a massive news story. They spent a lot of the day initially just talking to reporters. CNN, the New York Times, um, Tokyo Bureau, the BBC guy. We made friends in the press. The Ables were making these sort of video diaries. So I think initially, probably like all of us in quarantine, they were like really busy, right? Elaine did describe to me the first time they heard 
there would be a 14-day quarantine. I went back to her stateroom. We were told to stay there until further notice. And she sends a message to her daughter. And my daughter said, oh my God, that's not good. Have they actually said 14 days? It's only when the daughter sort of replies, what? It starts to slowly sink in what that might actually mean, especially in her inside cabin with no window. Okay, so now it started and they've had their first initial taste of being in their cabins for quarantine and now it's beginning to drag on. What are they doing day after day? So people often talked about trying to have a routine because I think the space is very small and even if you have a balcony, you start to become a bit fractious. Alan's sort of doing exercises and pretending to go on hikes. Elaine had this sort of thing. I would run for 30 minutes within my jog. Her and her husband, um, they would jog on the spot for 30 minutes. We tried to have some sort of um, routine to make it easier. Imagine they're in a tiny cabin where the only space is almost taken up by the bed. They do a 30-minute jog on the spot at 11 o'clock, spend the day talking to reporters. They're also calling friends in England. And it's hard to kind of picture this inside cabin, you know. You turn the light off and it's pitch black. Very good evening, uh, Diamond Princess. This is your captain speaking from the bridge. But also what's happening is that these announcements are coming from the captain sometimes, coming through on the tannoy. As you know, today there have uh, already been many updates and now I have uh, a few more uh, to share. So Elaine said it was just impossible to sleep. At the same time, like they've pivoted the food system, so it's arriving by room service. But this must be an incredibly difficult job because you've got to service all these cabins. So actually it's all sort of happening really um, you know, haphazardly. You take the tray, if it's a tray, or you take the orange that's thrust at you, if it's that, or you take the boiled eggs. Knocks would come on the door and someone thrusts some boiled eggs at you. <laughs> you know, another knock comes on the door two hours later and it's like some apples. I think one day we must have been knocked six or seven times within two hours. Oh, God's Because this. they weren't doing it all at once. There wasn't a sort of sense of relaxing into it for Elaine. It was sort of only getting more and more stressful. And then meanwhile... The numbers are going up all the time. By February the 14th, there's 355 cases on board. Japanese officials saying the number of infections on the ship, the Diamond Princess, has risen to nearly 400. And that makes it the largest cluster... They of start with one on February the 3rd and they have 355 within, what, a couple of weeks. So Gay was describing Captain Armour comes on the speaker and gives you an update every day. The captain would say, the first day there's 10 cases, the next day 10 cases... We have uh, been notified uh, by the Japanese Ministry of Health that uh, there are uh, 66 additional positive cases of coronavirus. By day six, 135 cases. By day seven, 174 cases. By day eight, 218. And so Gay was describing, you're listening to these numbers. She said to me, the captain would tell us every day and they're keeping little tallies. The numbers are going up and up exponentially and then they stop telling them. There's no way to even explain how terrifying that is. How the hell are we getting sick? So these sort of conspiracy theories or, you know, just questions start about how are we getting ill? You're sitting in your cabin and you're thinking, are we getting it from uh, the air conditioning? You know, do you turn the air conditioning off? At the same time, they're thinking they're hearing the staff coughing as they're delivering the food. And Elaine said she was putting on her gloves and putting on her mask before she went to get the food. She's thinking, are we getting it off the food? Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Let's talk about the crew. Everybody talks all the time about the passengers, but actually cruise ships have a lot of crew on them, a lot of different people, members of staff. Tell me a bit about the staff and the crews that you spoke to. One thing I should make really clear is not only did the cruise line maybe not know, and yes, they've declined to comment, but as soon as they went into quarantine, the cruise was under the direction of the Japanese Health Authority. So, of course, what they do is they quarantine all the guests. Well, brilliant, for 14 days. But, of course, they don't quarantine the crew. So the crew are sleeping in definitely shared rooms, sharing a canteen. One girl I spoke to who was a waitress, they all changed their jobs She started then doing room service and she said the captain announced to them they had to social distance. But it was very difficult to do that because they're sharing rooms, they're in the same environment working together, they're eating together. And she said to me that she was afraid having to work. Now, amongst the whole ship, there was some criticism about the way testing was conducted. And that criticism was that people were only really tested when they showed symptoms, although much later we would realise that people who were asymptomatic could also have the virus and could be transmitting it to other people, right? And so crew had to work unless they showed symptoms. And so while the guests are all being separated, the crew were all, yeah, working in close quarters. And later, Captain Armour, who was amazing, he would call them all my gladiators. And I think they became a sort of example of our frontline workers, right? That idea of it being a sort of town, it being a, an example of how we become. But like, I feel like that's what the, the crew were. And they weren't all given PPE, for example, as their jobs changed. Some of what they were doing was cleaning the ship or doing laundry or helping sick guests go to hospital. And sometimes they were working without PPE, although the cruise line note that they were following direction from the Japanese Ministry of Health on PPE usage. As you think about it, you can just imagine the scenario when the Japanese authorities say to him, look, Captain Army, you're now going to have to tell everybody on the ship they've got to go to their cabins. And he says, OK, how long for? And they say, a fortnight. Yeah. And he says, oh, my God. Right. The guests I talked to had sort of fallen in love with him. The captain has this wonderful, mellifluous, Italian, sexy voice. <laughs> Now I'd like to share uh, this short poem with uh, all of you. And I had a little Stockholm syndrome, you know. <laughs> His personality and character came through. He had poems and 
sayings. Love uh, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. His heart, you know, he was really in it and he was so upset. Wish you all uh, a happy Valentine's Day. I'll be back later with uh, my final announcement of the day. Thank you. Because, I mean, Captain Armour must have been himself in this impossible situation and he was really putting on a really brave front and trying to make it a, an okay experience for all the guests. <laughs> <laughs> One of the guests said to me, I'm amazed he didn't go away and shoot himself afterwards, the amount of bad news that he had to give us every day. So he would try and lighten the mood. Do we know what proportion or how many of the crew themselves became ill? There was a lot of criticism afterwards of the quarantine and it was described as completely chaotic by one professor who studied it in Japan. And one of the issues does seem to have been the quarantine worked for the passengers, but unfortunately it did not work for the crew. And it seems that once they were in quarantine, infections fell substantially amongst the passengers. But the crew who were not being quarantined in the same way the infection seems to have continued amongst them. So that's after the 5th of February. And later, a report for the US Centre of Disease Control and Prevention noted in the early stages of the outbreak, three quarters of infected crew were food service workers. And that's important because we know it was the food service workers who would have had to work together. It would have had to deliver the food. They were restaurant staff. They suddenly became room service staff. They're delivering food three meals a day to 1,337 cabins. That's just amazing. So what, what it means is that this crew most likely to have the coronavirus were the crew most often in contact with the passengers. It does seem that was the case. That There was also the issue that this quarantine seems to have been staggered. When all the guests did leave the boat, just the crew were on the ship. But one of the crew members I spoke to, who was a food service worker, she still didn't get to quarantine at that point because she had to work serving food to the other crew. And it's interesting that at that moment when they're playing this guessing game, you know, how are we getting ill? Is it coming through the aircon? Is it coming through the food? Now, fascinatingly, Elaine is an infection inspection controller at home. So she was really conscious of everything that's going on. And she noticed the food they were being delivered. It stopped coming on nice plates and it started coming in plastic containers. And she started guessing that they had realised or thought perhaps the virus infected them via the dishes they were getting. But, I mean, this constant guessing game going on. And still, of course, we don't know the answers to all of this. OK, Katie, how did everybody get home? And I suppose the first question is, how long were some of the people you spoke to actually there for? Were they there for the full 14 days? Everyone I spoke to from the UK was on the ship for more than the full 14 days. So if you think that they were supposed to get off on the 4th of February... By the time Elaine actually boarded a repatriation flight home, it was February the 22nd. And actually right until the last minute, it seems that they were sort of going back and forth with the UK government. There seemed to be the suggestion they needed to have negative tests before they could definitely get this repatriation flight home. Although later on, it, it seemed people were allowed on the flight, even though actually their test results hadn't come back. And it turned out they tested positive. So loads of sort of mess happening right until the very last minute. And then February the 22nd, they finally get home. So they've been on the ship by that point, 18 days. 32 British and Europeans evacuated from the Diamond Princess off the coast of Japan flew into the UK this morning. They will now spend 14 days in quarantine at Arrow Park Hospital. So they were just told, what, that day or the night before, actually, you're going back to the UK tomorrow? It all happens quite, yeah, last minute because they have to get um, 
papers that show that they've got the negative test or although like I say not everyone got those papers they get disembarkment papers and then it turns out they seem to have had a bit of a nightmare actually getting home they get put on this coach and then because the Japanese don't want them to go through the airport they drive them directly under the wing of the plane but then they keep them there for hours with no toilet or anything um finally they get on the plane um they're not told to socially distance on the plane Later, some of the guests I spoke to had sat right next to tested positive for the virus. So it all seems quite haphazard right into the last bit. But the, one of the agreements with the British government is they only get to come home if they do another 14 days in quarantine again in the Wirral. And you probably remember that because I remember at the time, again, it seemed like such an exceptional news story. These group of people are going to have to go in quarantine for 14 days in the Wirral. How strange for them. Do you think they're going to cruise again, these passengers you spoke to? Elaine says she would have to have a balcony. So the big thing is that not only did their cruises get refunded, they've all been offered a free cruise. And yes, I asked them immediately, you're going to go on the cruise? Yeah, that's the big question. But I love cruising and I would hope it's possible again. And they all seem quite up for it. I mean, actually, what's quite sweet, and I think I keep saying this, but the cruise ship itself was under the direction of the Japanese health authorities. And the cruise ship really did everything they could to try and make it a good experience for the guests. You know, all sorts of sweet things, like they would send gifts to their room. Some people did test positive and ended up in hospital and the cruise line would send them care packages. So they were treated really well by Princess. And there is a sort of community of (laughs) cruisers who use the Princess ships and they love them and they feel they've been treated really well. And they said to me, some people said, of all the cruises I would go on, I would go on a Princess cruise because they handled it really well and they treated us really well. But I think they're a bit more dubious, actually, about trusting some other companies because the Diamond Princess was the sort of seminal, stark example. But now so many other ships have been in this position and and did people get treated as well? One of the crew I spoke to, I told you the cruise quarantine was staggered. She didn't eventually get off the ship until the 1st of March. So that's like weeks later than the passengers. And Captain Armour was the very last person to leave the ship. And Italy is so proud of him. They've given him an award now for service. I got the sweetest quote from Captain Armour right at the end. (laughs) And he said, abandoning the ship was never an option. She knew when to push me to be a better captain, when to work with me when I needed her. Before I left, I told her it wasn't her fault what happened. And I thanked her for being a brave and beautiful soul. Blimey, man's a poet. I realised why the passengers said they had Stockholm Syndrome when he said that. So, Katie, obviously you spoke to or tried to speak to the company. What did they tell you? So one thing they pointed out that I think is really important is that the Japanese Ministry of Health was the lead government authority on public health, defining and executing testing and quarantine protocols for all guests and crew on the Diamond Princess. And what that basically means is it was the Japanese Ministry of Health who were in control of the quarantine on the ship. the thoughts of the passengers about their quarantine once they got back to the UK? I think it was interesting talking to Alan in particular because he had been so upbeat on the ship. He was the one who was cracking open wine thinking, oh, it's another two weeks. But he said quarantining on the ship is very different to the isolation at home. He said there was a sense when they were in quarantine, they were all under these incredibly strict restrictions, but of course everything was being done from them. And there was also a feeling of like we're in it together. The whole world at one point seemed to be rooting for the Diamond Princess. And at home, now we're in quarantine. Isolation's not as easy. That We're not supported anymore. We have to do things for ourselves. And also there's a sense there's no real end to it.
You've been listening to Stories of Our Times with me, David Aronovich, and my guest, Sunday Times feature writer Katie Glass. You can read more of Katie's work at thetimes.co.uk or in print on Sundays. The producer was Edward Drummond, the executive producer is Leo Hornack, and the deputy executive producer is Poppy Damon. Sound design was by Carla Patella, music by Breakmaster Cylinder. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review. You can subscribe for free. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast and more. Also, in these uncertain times, you can keep up to date and well informed on the coronavirus and so much more every day with a digital subscription to The Times and The Sunday Times. Visit thetimes.co.uk slash subscribe today to find out more. See you soon. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., when you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.